Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. We are finally hitting year 1990. Yes, I know, I lied. I said we were going to stop in 1989, but guess what? I did not move when I thought I was going to move, and I still have some time. Yay. Um, so, what we do on the show is we go year by year going through the pop culture moments. We go through music, video games, now comics we've added, and movies. Uh, TV's too convoluted. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but... Uh, this episode, we're discussing the video games of 1990. I'm your host, Michael, and John is on the other side. Hey, 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 hey. And what do we have coming up in video games for 1990s? Well, not coming up. I mean, it was 30 years. Well, you know what I mean. I'm going to shut up now. Moving. Okay. Well, how about we do some of the businessy stuff? Uh, there were a couple of new companies that formed. Uh, Natsumi, which, okay, technically they formed a few years prior, but in 1990 they started working on games. And these are the people who are known for like the Harvest Moon series. Uh huh. And we also had THQ, known for things like Saints Row and Darksiders, Destroy All Humans, Red Faction. A lot of a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, one of the last companies still around, right? Was Era. Uh, both yeah, both these guys are still around. Although THQ, I think, is owned by someone else now, technically. Okay. But uh, all right. First of all, how about how about a court case? Oh, Nintendo okay. oh, yeah. versus Color Dreams. Now, Color Dreams, a excuse me, is a, a Christian company that a year after the suit started calling themselves Wisdom Tree, uh, was involved in a lawsuit uh, by Nintendo because they found a workaround to Nintendo's lockout chip technology, which uh -huh. prevented unlicensed software from being played on the machines. Oh, and since you know. An overabundance of unlicensed software was one of the reasons that caused the video game crash in 83. Nintendo really did not want to get, you know, a bunch of shovelware stuffed, you know, stuffed on their machines. Uh, so this suit made the realtors liable if they carried software that infringes on any of Nintendo's patents. Uh -huh. Now, Color Dreams claimed that their workaround was all legit. But they also were basically stealing from other games and rebranding them with Christian themes. Oh, boy. Like, uh, their most well-known game is Super 3D Noah's Ark, which is basically just... <laughs> okay. Which is basically Wolfenstein 3D reskinned, where instead of Nazis in a World War II castle, you're Noah shooting sleep-inducing fruit at animals on the Ark. Okay. Look it look it up. It's it's <laughs> insane and so very obviously stolen. Looking it up right now. 3D game. Yeah, it Oh man. Yeah, these, Oh, that these is guys, some ugly. Oh dear lord. Yeah, and uh, they like they stole they stole things from like Mario Brothers 2 and a few other games. So it's basically, you know, it's like uh, yeah, they they're still around, I guess, what? but uh, no one's really, you know, no one's. I think they're just selling your stuff like on on PC and online. But uh, Game Genie for the NES came out. Now this is a cartridge that you know for for all you youngins, <laughs> there was a time when you put cartridges inside the player like no. a VHS machine. Or actually, no, these days it would be the, a Blu-ray or a DVD, but it was a lot harder and you had to plug it in. This was a cartridge that you plugged your cartridge into to stick it in the machine. 
And what it would do is, you know, manipulate aspects of the game. Yeah, these things are technically still around now, but they're a little more just software coded as opposed to uh, these this as physical hardware. But you know these these codes that you could you know manipulate were basically just cheat codes. You know, you had infinite lives or level skips. But on occasion, you could actually access hidden content that was still in the game. Okay, and and that's technically you can still do that in some games as long as it's not physically removed from the coding but you have to be much more pc literate than i am to do stuff like that <laughs> but this led to nintendo suing the makers galoob and ultimately nintendo lost but even though it, like they managed to halt galoob uh, from selling the thing for for a while until the trial was actually over uh, which is kind of messed up because ultimately it cost nintendo more money because not only did they have to, you know, pay, you know, pay stuff at the end, they also had to pay for all the profit lost by Gloop during the time that they weren't allowed to make the thing. Oh, wow. That's a huge yeah, loss. Yeah, they, because it didn't technically interfere with anything. It was just, you know, it's coding goofing, but it doesn't, didn't physically, like, I forget what it was, but basically, like, it wasn't as cut and dry as literally someone bypassing, you know, copyright code. But uh, this kind of led the way for for the ones for the Genesis, the Game Gear, the Game Boy, all of these ones. So they all ended up, it became a big thing. Mm-hmm. As I said, and these are technically still around. They're a little more like soft, like software patches at this point, though. So, a couple of arcade games that we got. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Oh my gosh. Yeah, loosely, <laughs> based off the film, uh, this was a this beat-em-up. You know, used a few of the set pieces, mostly the smooth criminal sequence. And you basically just kind of run around uh, kicking and shooting magic at your enemies. Yeah, it's not a bad game. I kind of liked it. It was a big deal, I think, on the Genesis, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually where I played it was was the Genesis version. Uh, but the thing is, like, yeah, you could uh, you had this dance attack that would uh, force all the enemies on screen to dance along in these little choreo- uh, choreographed moves. And so they, of course, died. And if you're lucky, you could find uh, Mon- Michael's pet monkey, Bubbles, and then he transformed <laughs> into that weird-ass robot from the film, and he like, shoot lasers and missiles and stuff, and... This was a weird fucking game. But yeah, the chiptunes, uh, the chiptune versions of all the Michael Jackson songs were pretty fucking lit. Was this actually a movie in theaters? I'm trying to figure out what this is. I don't recall this ever being in theaters. Oh, I I don't know if it was in theaters, honestly. I know it was on uh, video and stuff, because that's where I had seen it. It was like renting it from like a video store. Uh, it says here it was barely released in theaters, uh, but it was ultimately released on VHS and Laserdisc almost immediately afterwards. But it was massive overseas. It cost twenty-two million dollars, but it made sixty-seven million overseas. Yeah, it's weird. Not much of a movie as it is kind of just a music video collection. Uh huh. Yeah. It. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's hard. 
you know, it's like because it's Michael Jackson saving kids from an evil guy, but that's also tied in with, again, like music videos for a lot of the songs at that time. Yeah. And there's even and, a comic yeah, book. He wow. turned, he, yeah, he turns into a robot and the car, if I remember right. I was just looking at yeah. It's, I remember he. And this is kind of side note, sorry, but I just remember he kept doing these experimental films. It seemed like they really were nowhere in theaters. Like you know, where Captain EO, of course, Thriller was really long, and then Ghost, that long lost video that he did that sat on the shelf forever. I feel like he was trying to make a movie, but just it could never stick the landing. Yeah, that's. I think he also what he wanted to. Oh shit! He wanted to be in. Star Wars, I think, as yeah. Jar Jar Binks or something. Yeah, and he wanted to be Edgar Allan Poe. I remember he signed up for that. And other things I've seen him sign up for, he just could never get it going. But that's Michael Jackson. It could have been his own fault. You know, like he was just not non-committal. Yeah. All right. What is next? Okay, Smash TV. Oh, the Running yes. Man video game. <laughs> Which I should yeah, set in the future of 1999, you're a combatant on uh, the show Smash TV, which is basically, yeah, the, like you said, the Running Man. And you have to survive a gauntlet of enemy waves. You rack up points and prizes for your kills. Basically, uh, we, we talked, to, I'm pretty sure we talked about Robotron 2084. Yeah, the same damn game. They're both impossible. Yeah, yeah it's it, basically the exact same thing. And it's it is definitely a very difficult game, but it was a lot of fun, and it was also just pointlessly violent and gory. Yeah. Well, the arcade version is much better than the home version, which is what I played recently. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the thing with all these games, because the next one was also on a home console as well, but definitely did not work as well. Pit Fighter. Oh my God! By the way, I think that's a movie. I think someone made a movie out of Pit Fighter, which at the time looked cool, but decades later, no. 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 I mean, it wouldn't surprise it. You could easily do it because it's just a, you know, fighting game where people beat the crap out of each other. Basically, uh, this is one of the first games that used digitized actors on, you know, filmed on blue screen sets. Uh-huh. We would later get, you know, a little more perfected version of it in Mortal Kombat, but, you know, basically... It, it was the first to try it, and it didn't look like garbage. It's not much. There's not much to say about the game. It's a pretty substandard uh, fighting game. It's but it was like, early in that kind of world. But also, I didn't realize there was a home version by Tengen, the weirdo Atari spinoff company. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. It's like the home version was. It still did have the digitized sprites, but they were very, very low res, even for how low res the game is going to look yeah now one more arcade game uh this one i know i've played but i definitely did not realize how much that this thing could do but it's uh g-lock air battle i don't know this one it's a spinoff of the after afterburner franchise and basically the game looks and plays like afterburner there's i can't play those games because they make me so sick the the way they because oh. if it's a flying game but it's top down almost I can do it nonstop but if it's front you know, like you you're right behind the plane I get so nauseous oh you you you'd have the worst time with this because there was a special type of cabinet for this one uh-huh. called an R three R three sixty you strap yourself in oh boy 
and the cabinet itself could rotate oh, 360 degrees. No, no, no. Just no, no. I know I've played this, but I've never, I've never done a full 360 loop in it. So, I'm looking um, at the cabinet right now, and holy shit. I, but I do 100% know I've played it, and I've gone back and, you know, up and down on that thing. Because what, what it is, is uh, if you've seen, say, Men in Black 3, how about, the little little cycles that they drive on. Uh-huh. Where you where you've got the uh, you're in the center of this thing and you can just spin up and down stuff. Granted, it is it was cool. I, I do remember liking it. Now let's do a couple of let's well, a couple a few PC games. Uh, first of all, the most important one I think the thing that has stood the test of time from now. Uh, from well, from when it 1990 until now, Microsoft Solitaire. Yeah, it was included for free, starting with Windows 3.0. I was just watching The Office, the pilot. She's playing it in one of the early episodes. I'm like, yeah, that game's gonna be forever in one way or another. Yep, it it's on ev- Literally, this game is on everything now. Everyone has a version of Klondike. It's it's ubiquitous. But okay. Uh, Commander Keen and the Invasion of the Vorticons. Wow, I don't know that one either. This is the first game by id Software. They were under a different name, but uh, basically it's this uh, episodic little platformer. It was actually released by Apogee. And how I got a hold of this thing was like they they would uh, put the first episode out as shareware. You know, get you hooked on it and then you buy the rest. Now, it's fairly generic. Uh, Commander Keen, you just run around these areas, you know, shooting aliens. It, you know, like it's like the first Duke Nukem in okay. that way, where where it's, you know, kind of colorful and especially with Commander Keen, it's very kid like because it's a kid in like a little football helmet, doing this stuff. But uh, it paved the way for the, you know, for two of the games that are going to ultimately change gaming forever. Without Commander Keen. Who also does make a uh, cameo in Doom 2. Without this game, yeah, we do not get some of the the biggest games of all time. Cool. Now, Secret of Monkey Island. Oh. Yes. Just by that time, I was like, yes, one of the absolute best point-and-click games ever. I miss point-and-click. Yeah, it's like, made by LucasArts. It's, you know... It truly has the best mix of mu- of humor, adventure, music. Like, so much love and attention went into this game. Yeah, there was and, a time when this was the norm for PC games from LucasArts, and then they just you know started just going back into Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all the stuff that they had already established and ditched a lot. I think their peak is full throttle. Yeah, yeah well, that's... It's LucasArts, it's, uh, oh god, who is it? The people who did, like, King's Quests and, and Space, uh, Sierra. Sierra. Okay. Like, those, yeah, those two are, like, the, the two, the two titans of this genre, and, again, it's, you're, this guy named Guy Brish, uh, Threepwood. He's, you know, he's trying, a young man who wants to become a pirate, and you have to ultimately do battle with the ghost part, LeChuck. And, like with all point-and-click games, its puzzles are stupid <laughs> and, and stupid hard. 
and you need to have guides to play these things even Uh at the time because it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah you know if you don't pick up that one single item you know 20 you know 10 hours ago you just lost you know lost your way into this uh thing and it's like oh yeah i needed a piece of driftwood (laughs) nothing ever told you to do this it was just there and it's like oh yeah like i love these games i also hate these games it's also one of the first ones to implement a dialogue tree so you can actually have multiple uh multiple uh com- you know branches in a conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to just simply asking an npc you know what do i do next i just love the animation style of all those games too yeah it, i i love the remastered versions of them because they take the just how good that is and make it look so much better yeah yeah because you can see back then the the deep pixelization of it which kind of kills it a little bit but now this one i played the absolute shit out wing commander oh i just tried playing it i it doesn't work on a console it only has to be on a pc yeah no no you need to have a flight stick there's there's no way to do that on on just stand on on console at the time like once you get to like playstation when you had a uh an analog stick Uh uh-huh okay okay yeah then then you have a flight stick on your controller but you're a rookie pilot in the terran confederation fighting evil cat-like killer and these space dogfights if you do well it'll lead you down a path of victory where you take out one of their major major uh, forward operating bases and if you don't do well you, your missions start to turn defensive in nature and it's leading to all the humans retreating from the sector of space that you're in so you actually had branching pathways depending on whether or not you're actually good at the game or if you sucked yeah i just that fucking movie i was so excited and i, I was like, oh no no, 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 no. Well, especially because the movie was uh, written and I think directed by the guy who made the game. Yeah, you would just think, but no, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, but uh, you know, as the game, as you played the game, you progress, you get promoted, you start flying all kinds of different ships. They all handled differently. It was it was really good. Although, what's funny, you could never actually exit from the game. What? when you quit the game actually does not just end it actually crashes and they couldn't it was a bug they couldn't figure out what the hell was going on they couldn't figure out why this bug no matter you know where it was Uh so they basically just they took the error message that you get when it's saying like oh error blah 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 and it just says like thanks for playing wing commander weird yeah, so he's hide the fact that, that the game will crash. And it's just like, thank you! But, alright. How about some Genesis games? Yes, please. So, Columns came out. Yay! One I of the, love Columns so fucking much. Yeah, it's like, Tetris is is like the classic, is the main classic puzzle game for a reason. Because it's so amazing. Columns is still just as freaking good. Yeah. It's this uh, match three puzzler where you match three colors and shapes uh, horizontally, vertically, and diagonally. Now, this was also released in the arcades at the same time. So you pretty much could go, you know, day and date. You're just like, you play in the arcades. Oh my God, this is amazing. You go, you know, go to, the, go to Toys R Us. Oh, look, there's columns. And it plays just like the arcade version. And 
I will say there's, you know, this is around the craze of all the puzzle games, you know, for like the next five years, and they really kind of got it right the first few, you know, times. You know, Dr. Mario, this, uh, Bejeweled, uh, and Tetris are kind of the kings. Uh, I tried playing one the other day. It was so fucking confounding, and I could not figure out how to do it. Um, and it drove me nuts, and I think it was one of the bigger ones. Like, for life, I can't. Oh, it was uh, Yoshi's Cookie. I fucking lost on that one. Yeah, I think I've played that one, but yeah, I never, I didn't dig that one. Pac-Mania is good. I remember that one. Now, one that I like, uh, that that did get a U.S. release, but a totally reskinned, and we'll talk about that later, of course. But uh, I won't tell you what it's reskinned as. But uh, it's a Japanese game called Puyo Puyo. I feel like I've played this. You have. Oh, I can almost guarantee you have. But we'll when we get to. Uh, get to its release we'll talk about that okay that's i think u.s release was probably like 94 i think 94 95 but uh castle of illusion starring mickey mouse i know i'd mentioned this one uh on one of the prior shows this is definitely one of the best disney games not even made by disney yeah, it's well. I remember this is the time when, for some reason, they started finally getting licensed games right. I feel like Bugs Bunny had a couple good ones, and Disney was getting really good. And you know, because you're suffering years of bullshit. Nineteen ninety is pretty bad for licensed movie games, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a ton of those that came out. That I'm not even going to talk about. But, uh, but this one, because yeah, it's like Capcom really made some of the best Disney games, and those are all in the NES. Uh, Castle Illusion was flat out made by Sega and it's beautiful it's like one of the most colorful like appropriately so colorful games uh, and basically it's like you're Mickey trying to save Minnie from this uh, witch named Miserable and you go and all you basically the Castle of Illusions has all kinds of crazy stuff in it and I mean if you've got the portable the little uh, mini Genesis that came out a couple of years ago, you got a chance to play it, play it. But uh, Strider. Now, we missed this. we missed the arcade release of this in 89. Strider. I feel bad because Strider is amazing. It's this hack and slash platformer where you're running around this dystopian city uh, fighting the forces of the evil Grandmaster. You got a sword and, like, go around hack, you know, like I said, hack and slash things. Okay, yes, I actually own this. I fucking forgot I did. It was pretty <laughs> hard. I got this and I got Street Fighter 2040, not the same Street Fighter people. <laughs> oh, we'll be talking about that one. Yeah, I got both of them around the same time. I got so confused on which one was which. But uh, what's funny about this, is, well, sad about this, really, is... This is a really influential game, like design-wise, uh, character-wise. It's you know you, you'll find like if you ever play this game, you'll find its DNA in stuff like God of War, for God's sakes. I mean, it's there's a lot that this thing did, but unfortunately, most people are going to only get to know Strider from like the Marvel versus Capcom games, because that's like the only place that he's in now. Because well, no, that's not true. They did do a remake of the yeah. Original. Look, and there's a new one. As like a, uh, it's more like a uh, Metroidvania type game than the original Hack and Slash, and it's that one's really good. But again, it was like an arcade title, and as I said, most people only know him as a fighting game character. It's like all the people who play uh, Super Smash Brothers and 
have no idea who Captain Falcon actually is. Yeah. But uh, Fantasy Star 2 came out. I have which never played Fantasy Star. Well, the first one, yeah, it's like this monster RPG and kind of the really the killer app in a way for the Sega Master System. But uh, this one was bigger and it was so much lengthier and had a much more mature story. Like, when I, and I mean, when I say bigger, I mean that this was the first console game to be on a six megabit cartridge. So it's like graphically, this thing was uh, pretty impressive. Like I said, lengthwise, this thing was, there was a lot they put into this sequel to kind of, they really wanted it to be like, like on the Master System, they wanted this to be the killer app. They wanted people to, you know, just stick a lot of time in there. And it, and it did well. Let's yeah. not, let's not get up, but honestly, the series didn't uh, really find its stride until the fourth one. Because that's the one that <clears throat> that everyone knows and everyone loves. I don't know that one. Sorry. No. <laughs> <clears throat> I feel bad for you. Uh, I know. But, all right, the last one for the Genesis, John Madden Football, uh... a.k.a. Madden 90. It has begun. This is the fran- first one in the unending Madden franchise. Oh, wait, wait it's still going? Yes, there's they're still making Madden games. Ah, I had no idea. Yeah, so that's why I referred to it as Madden ninety, because it'd be like, oh, Madden two K twenty at this point, two twenty one, I think. So it's like, it, but it's a normal sports game. I didn't play it. <laughs> it has to be weird and goofy for me to want to play it. Yeah, I, I I try play football games, and I just don't get the appeal. I played hockey and baseball, but yeah, the, the football just no. All right, let's jump and do run through a bunch of NES games, and then we'll call it quits. How about Yonoid? Oh my God! This wait no, hold on. One of those is games the... is really good. I think it's the Spot game, the Seven Up Spot game for Genesis. Yeah, the, yeah, Cool Spot is actually a fun game. Yonoid was not. Okay. Yonoid Yo was in Japan a weird ninja game. Yeah. But then they. Uh, when it came out here, Capcom went and had a tie with Domino's. And so they took their annoying little pizza mascot and reskinned the game into a crappy uh, pizza game. <laughs> it's. Oh, God. No. I, I only bring it up because they made a Noid game. Man, and nobody under 30 knows what the hell that is. Avoid the Noid was a whole. I mean, everybody started getting. Remember their own little characters? And they had like the little seats up, pizza, pizza, delivery, delivery, pan, pan. Um, well, yeah, and well, the, and the and that guy's still around. It's I, I guess if I remember right, there's something about like there was a guy who actually had a last name Noid and ended up like going crazy and shooting someone because there was so much you know avoid the Noid. And oh all my that god, stuff. that's crazy. I I might maybe it might be just one of those things of. Uh, you know, misremembering it, but I seem I seem to remember that. I mean, like I said, that could just very well be Mandela effect. But uh, how about you had mentioned this before, Street Fighter twenty ten? Yeah. Oh, it was twenty ten. I thought it was twenty forty. Um, it's a yeah. It's like a sort of sequel slash spinoff of Street Fighter. It's so hard. It's so fucking hard. 
Yeah, well, it's also in, in Japan. Like I said, it's a spinoff because it's it sort of exists in that universe for whatever reason. But in the U.S., the character, the main character, is supposed to be Ken. Okay. Even though he's like a cyborg man. And yeah, it, it's a side-scrolling action game. It's it's mostly notable more for the fact that it's a weird sequel to a game that really wasn't that good to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's like now here's here's another weird sequel, Snake's Revenge. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sequel to Metal Gear Solid, well, Metal Gear, Solid, Metal Gear that Hideo Kojima didn't make. So it it continues the story. You know, you still have a Solid Snake and you still are doing all that stuff, but no input from the creator and then a couple like a year or two later they'll actually go and make Metal Gear 2. So US US likes to do all kinds of crazy stuff with other titles. Yes, yeah, rescanning uh constantly and just reinterpreting titles, yeah. Now, Mega Man 3 came out. Still too hard, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful to yeah, look it, at. It's probably the last uh, last really good core Mega Man game and when we get to stop setting outside the uh, Mega Man core games we'll you'll know what I mean mm-hmm. although any Mega Man fan knows what the hell I'm talking about and we can't wait to talk about the spinoff yes Mega Man Soccer oh what that's not what I expected. And Mega Man X is what I think you're talking about. Are you fucking with me? Mega Man X? What's the Mega Man X? I don't, I don't know. know. Never mind. Okay. Okay. And we did miss another arcade game. And I really, even more so than Strider, I really feel bad about this one. Because the Arch Rivals, which is, I can't, I can't believe I forgot about this one as an arcade game. Granted, it's a basketball game. It's not as good as NBA Jam. But it is such a great arcadey basketball game where you it doesn't take everything too seriously. There's no, you know, it's not no actual NBA teams. They're all just, you know, random, you know, random goofy characters and stuff. And it was just fun. Yeah. Would you say this is a basketball game, right? Yeah. Okay, I remember this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has kind of a cartoonishly cover where they're kind of like stepping on each other's heads or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, that, that's the entire thing about it was, like NBA Jam later, it was a bit looser in how basketball is played. And you can actually have a little more fun. Well, and, it's now referred to as arcade style, right? Yeah. They said it's. I think it's probably the second best arcadey basketball game ever. And Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse. Yeah, Perfect time prequel, for Halloween. Yeah, prequel to Castlevania, where you're now Simon Belmont's ancestor Trevor, and you know you're fighting Dracula. But you also get to play. You can swap out with other characters in this one. Yeah. Which also one of them included uh, Dracula's son Alucard, which is Dracula spelled backwards. No, Doctor. Acula. <laughs> but, you know, Alucard would then be the hero of Symphony of the Night, and that's truly the best Castlevania game ever. So, 
goofy ass name and character aside, and Castlevania three is still a good is still a fun. Yeah, I've only ever played the first two. I think I'm trying to remember if I mean all those Nintendo ones are difficult, but not Mega Man difficult. No, no, no. I can't. Well, this one, this one lets you actually change like direction when you're jumping and stuff. So I think this one was a. Tiny, if I remember right, this one was a tiny bit easier than. Yeah, I think time. about I think about Castlevania and Ghost of Goblins because they were around the same era when they debuted. But Ghost of Goblins is impossible to play. I cannot get through it. Yeah, that's kind of the problem with a lot of these things. Is there's so many, so many games that are just it. It's not fun. They're quarter suckers. Yeah, but that's what was good about uh, having these things on console, and then getting a game genie. <laughs> yeah. Synergy with my ideas. All right, uh, River City Ransom. Oh, I, yeah, that was a beat 'em up, right? Yeah, and here's the thing. I, I think I've, I've mentioned. I, I know we mentioned uh, Blaster Master as being, I think, possibly my favorite game on the NES. Eh, maybe River City Ransom is. Blaster Master still has better music. But my favorite uh, will always be Dragon Warrior. I will take no further comments at this time. <laughs> But this was an open world action beat 'em up RPG. It's like imagine Dun- uh, Double Dragon, but then you could also power up your character more, uh-huh. and it was a hell of a lot sillier. It really, uh, really, what it was was uh, a lot of uh, imagine Grand Theft Auto and Streets of Rage had a baby. Oh, okay. Because there was a lot. And like I'm talking about original Grand Theft Auto, top down, but it's like you had a lot of freedom to where you could go. As when they said open world, they're not really kidding. It's the the place that you go is pretty massive, and you know you just wander around. You're like in town. Oh, now you go to a forest area, or if you go in this direction, you go into a junkyard. If you go down this way, you go into and just these huge areas and. To like say you know oh Metroid you know like a Metroid or a Castlevania type games, no, those are large environments that you can only access later on. This was no, you could pretty much go anywhere. You get your ass kicked, but you could pretty much go anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, it's also one of those things where it's like on I think the little uh, NES uh, little new uh, not new but little NES collector's thing. I believe it's on there, and that's... It's really good. Uh, Dr. Mario. Yay! One of my faves. Yep. So, okay, aside from being a plumber and a boxing ref, Mario also practices medicine. And it's like a mix between uh, Tetris and Columns, where you gotta match these pills and uh, viruses, uh, like the colors that they have. You have to match these things up to make them disappear. Right. But Do you like remember was... Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which is basically this game? Oh, mm. Is it, right? Yeah, I, no, no, it is, it's a different game. Oh, okay. But, uh, yes, I do remember Mean Bean Machine. Uh, but yeah, this, well, this was kind of like, there was like those special levels in Tetris where you would have like, oh yeah, the, the thing is built up so far with holes in them. And you have to, you know, try and break you know, try and break these things out or else you know you lose that's kind of how this wing was built up so you could you know you have 
parts, you know, things like a, a virus, a couple virus floating in the air, or maybe like a pill or something like that, you know, suspend, and you have to go and match them up along with everything else that you're doing. It's, it is a challenging game. I came to this one late, but I'm kind of glad I did because it's being older and seeing that I got less frustrated than I probably would have as a child. Yeah. Okay. Now the first final fantasy came out, you know, first part of the long, one of the long running series with the kind of dopiest name. Oh, right. Final. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the, the, the tale of the story of why it's called final fantasy is basically square wasn't doing well they had sold basically bullshit games at that point they this was going to be their final game so literally final fantasy and then it hit and it was massive you know especially over here it did well in japan but overseas yeah this this was we had described uh, Dragon Quest, I think, a couple of shows back, and uh-huh. how like um, huge that series is. Final Fantasy was the equivalent here, and it's you know the, the first game. It's kind of a very base, you know, very simplistic story. You're the Warriors of Light. You have to destroy the evil uh, Garland, who will ultimately become an Archdemon. But you also have to go back in time, in order to do this. So, like your your Heroes of Light are you know like this, this legend that you're trying to live up to and it's actually who you are through again through time travel shenanigans it's kind of a weird story and the games only get better yeah i've never played any point. of them i've seen them they look like dragon warrior i don't know why i've never bothered you know, you play final fantasy 6 i will i will phrase it like this uh Real fans of the series will fight between Final Fantasies 4 and 6. Okay. Uh, or AKA Final Fantasy 2 and 3. In the ah, right. I knew there was something up with that. Yeah, it's... I mean, uh, I know a lot of people who will also throw... Okay, you can throw 15 on that, on that pile, but it's still... I don't think the series has really gotten beyond how great 6 was. Even even though seven has a lot of pluses in the, I was gonna say a lot of people are obsessed with seven. Oh yeah, and it's will, will be remade and it, you always remember your first RPG, and for tons of people that was Final Fantasy seven. Okay, so it will always hold a special place in people's hearts because the first one that they did, and again I there I will throw a lot of pluses in the column. And any any time I criticize it, I will have to you know stipulate to everybody. I played the hell out of that game. I broke the timer and the money clock, getting every single character, all three master materias, so I could just sit there and spam Knights of the Round in the last <laughs> boss. Just spam it. Just you know do it and then cast a mimic. So all it was was just twenty minute you know like a boss fight of like a a 20 minute uh, summon spell so yes when I criticize everyone's favorite RPG I come from a place of going yes because I played it I know what I'm talking about but uh, okay Final Fantasy was still a good game now 
the final game for tonight is what do you think it is it's the best-selling game of all of 1990 it's the third best-selling nes game ever mario 3 yes well okay. i was gonna i was gonna add one more thing and that was it debuted any movie because we actually got the u.s debut of this game in the wizard right but yes super mario brothers 3 i really don't know if this is my favorite mario game or or if super mario brothers on super nintendo is mine too i'm a freak i guess i love part two so much that's the one i played the most what's the thing is i I really have to say this mario 3 i think basically perfected the platform the platformer at the time like i i'm hesitant to think of a flat anything that you could do after that game Uh uh-huh that what aside from refining you know like definitely super mario super mario world is more like a is refining the idea of what you get in this game but it wouldn't exist if you didn't have this game i mean grant you go back to mario brothers in general say oh yeah you wouldn't have any of this stuff without right but i mean this is where you they added a world map you had better like a much better you actually had a good saving feature you had the Koopalings who made their debut. You had the flight because of the Tanuki suit. Uh-huh. It's maybe not the best Mario soundtrack, it, you know, it, but it's definitely in, like, the top five of Mario soundtracks. Like, it, it, you're hard-pressed to ever really say anything negative about this game other than maybe it's a little, maybe it has a little bit too much challenge. That would be a that's about the only negative I could think of. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's like... Nintendo kind of screwed the, you know, screwed themselves pretty badly by releasing possibly their best game <laughs> only a couple of years into the, into the uh... course of life. Nah, there's still, there's still some good NES games yeah. coming up. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting kind of pooped. But yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Coolsy foolsies. Sorry, I'm tired. <clears throat> Alright, so everybody, that is it for 1990 on video games. Check us out on Facebook under Hit Rewind, and where can we catch you? I'm on both Twitch and Twitter under Musician. M-Y-U-C-I-S-H-I-O-N. Come and tell me why I'm an idiot for not thinking Final Fantasy VII is the greatest game ever. <laughs> that should go well. <laughs> I am asking for it. I know it's All right, everybody, that is it. Have a good night. Peace out. All right, we're out. No, we're not. Hit the wrong button. Hi, everybody. Awkward. (laughs)